it past another day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast, where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. If you've listened to us before or this is your first time, we need to stop meeting like this. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can catch a new episode each and every single week and leave us a rating while you're doing that to let us know how we're doing. I'm excited for today's episode where we're going to put wind in each other's sails, sharing tactics on how to be our best selves and sharing stories. We're going to be hearing from Chaz Springer, change agent, entrepreneur, activist, digital marketer. Chaz, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Appreciate you, man. I'm I'm grateful to be here and can't wait to have a conversation and see you know what we can learn. Yeah, man. Honestly, I want to share some of your story with the audience today. And for the start, I'd like you to introduce yourself to the audience, let them know who you are, what you do in your own words. And we can kind of unpack some things along the way, because I know you've had some life experiences that could be very beneficial to some of our listeners. And I hope that anybody that's listening right now, that you will take this time to give your undivided attention, because some of the things that we can learn in life are from those people that we haven't even met yet. And my dad would always say, the wisest person learns from someone else's experiences. So Chaz, man, floor is yours. I'd love for you to introduce yourself really quick and we can kind of unpack some of your story. Well, like you said, man, I'm Chaz Springer. And um, many people call me a change agent, um, culture consultant, entrepreneur, activist, public speaker as well. Um, I'm just getting into being more of a public speaker. So I'm, I'm trying to be many things, Ted. Um, and I'm formerly known as director of marketing for True Colors Brewery. Nice, man. And that man, you've done so many things. And it's amazing to kind of, one thing I like when you say people call me a change agent activist, you're doing so much in your community. And I remember looking at some of the figureheads in my community, some of the mentors that would come in and speak to school at our schools and stuff. And a lot of times I just didn't feel... I didn't feel either a connection. I didn't feel related. Or sometimes I was just like, man, like that person has nothing in common with me. Or quite frankly, I wrote them off like, man, they just, they have everything figured out. They don't know what it's like, what I'm going through. But there's so many of us, and specifically to the guys that are listening, who probably go through battles every single day in their lives. And they don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to discuss some of these battles with. And also some of the battles within themselves of, you know, am I a good person because of some of these battles? So I'd love for you to highlight kind of your upbringing, where you came from, how things were growing up and how that kind of shaped how life transpired afterwards. Honestly, Ted, man, I'm, I'm from the bottom, man, from the projects, the hood, the ghetto, whatever they, you know, they call it many names. But I come from there with a, I got a tight, close family, though. We all mm. came up out of Wilmington, North Carolina on the south side of Wilmington. And um, it was one of the biggest hoods in that area. I came up with my mom and dad, you know, kind of like a regular kid, you know, I went to school, but shortly after that, my mom and dad separated. And I, I went to stay with my father instead of my mom. So I came up, you know, being raised by my dad and he's a great guy. He's a welder, has his own welding company. My mom's a biblical counselor. And uh, I, I came up, Shortly after high school, man, I started getting into things in Wilmington. They have um, gang problems and violence as far as guns and stuff like that of that nature. So as a kid, you know, I grew up trying to find my way, trying to figure out where I belong. And I ended up running with the guys they put 
in the gang, put the gang title on. So mm -hmm. I, I came up kind of in a rough beginning and I made a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. And eventually I found myself in Butner Federal Prison after my latest stint of getting in some trouble. And uh, I look at it as bittersweet now because I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about who I am as an African-American man and most importantly, my history and what I wanted to do when I came home. So, you know, I came home shortly after um, prison and I immediately got into something called True Colors Brewery, which is, you know, everybody got to hang on with me because it's a wild concept, but it's a local brewery out of Wilmington, North Carolina with a social mission that hires gang members to end gun violence. And I know a lot of people throughout my five years, because I was with this company for five years up until this point, and it has showed me and taught me that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, how you look, what background you come from. If you care about your community, you, you got to come together with those like-minded people and do something about it. And, and people with the past, a lot of people with past and felonies, that's not really given opportunities to kind of speak about how they feel about the community and their aspirations and who they really are. True Colors gave us a chance to do that. So I worked with them for five years and here I am now and learned so much things about entrepreneurship, investing, corporations and stuff of that nature. So Man. that's that's, that's kind of it <laughs> you only getting started too and that's the that's the most yeah. amazing thing you know what i mean like man yeah. we just we just getting started <laughs> but the thing about the story is you said something you know i was trying to find where i belong and man i think a lot of people could resonate to that you know like i remember whether it was joining the football team or you know after when i fit football wasn't going to work out and i got to college joined a fraternity kind of like okay i think for a lot of us as men whether it be looking for the rite of passage, whether it be looking for our tribe, but we all go through that process of trying to find where I belong. What do you think it was back then that kind of made you feel like you belonged in a certain circle or, or gravitated you towards one direction or the other? Well, really, Ted, coming up, we already know coming up as African-Americans and either other minorities coming up in areas that have economic disparities, you know, it's a lot of crime and you know, sometimes your family structure isn't what it's supposed to be. So because of my mom and my dad splitting, I would identify that with just looking for, I guess, other kids that was going through the same thing and kind of understood me or other like young black guys who was out there and, you know, was looking for a father figure or was wondering why their moms was, you know, sometimes your mom growing up as a younger, younger African-American woman is difficult for them being a single parent. So you didn't understand that as a kid. You're just like, oh, we can't do this, play AU, mom always working. We just didn't understand it. So a lot, a lot of it, we ran to the streets for that. We were just looking for people who understood us, can talk to us, and a little bit of just being cool, wanting to be down, wanting to be with the guys we felt was, you know, was out here the cool ones, you know. So mm -hmm. just wanna, I guess guys just looking for a family, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah. Going back, kind of being where you are now, right? And all the lessons you learned. And I told you this was one of my questions in terms of if you were to go back and you see 15-year-old Chaz and like, man, you got one sentence to impart on this cat. <laughs> like one sentence. What would you tell a young Chaz? What would you tell him? I would tell him to believe, believe in himself and, and who he is. 
just believe, have faith in who you are and what God bless you with and bless you to be. Just be, be it, you know, believe in that that person. Because mm. um, a lot of times we looking, it's a lot of racism. It's a lot of stuff going on that makes young black kids identify with other nationalities. And that might not always be good for them because maybe we paint this nationality in this light and we think our nationality isn't good or identify with negative things. So sometimes we don't feel good about ourselves or feel like we can accomplish things just because we don't see enough positive role, you know, role models and figures coming up in the community. So you just got to believe in who you are. I would tell them, man, believe and, and just be yourself. Yeah. So building that belief, man, what was the process like? Because, I mean, a lot of us, obviously, we could watch the documentaries, hear the stories about what happens in prison. But I'm more interested in the story coming out and you finding these opportunities you finding, I mean, acclimating to the real world, I do think our prison system does not do a good job at setting up these inmates for success when they come out, right? What was, I guess, your mindset coming back, acclimating back to the real world? Were you thinking to yourself, all right, I need to get out of this. I need to, you know, figure something out. Or were you ready to be like, you know, let me go back to what I know. Let me hit up my homies. Because some people come out, they got a welcome home party. And it's right mm-hmm. back to it. Yeah, uh, Tim, it's two types of guys that come home and mentalities they have. Some guys, even though these disparities and stuff exist, you're a felon, you got felonies, it's racist people. Success, I've learned, is a mentality why I've gotten this far. And some guys play the victim and some guys don't play the victim. Mm-hmm. When I came home, I wasn't interested in being a victim. I knew about the difficulties that was ahead. I knew I was a felon. Cool. What I'm going to do about it now. So I always told myself, Chaz, don't let nobody tell you, you know, or give you an opportunity. Keep moving. No matter if a door shuts, God always opens doors all the time if you have faith. So I always had to have that mentality of never giving up, never accepting no for an answer. And really my faith Ted got me through. You know, I'm not I'm not too a religious person, but I, I believe in God wholeheartedly. And and when you have faith and you have that success mentality of just because I'm a felon don't mean I don't have opportunities. And you just can't let coming up in a community when guys come home, it's a lot of negativity. So it's easy for these guys to fall back into those habits that got them in prison at first, because a lot of people is a crab in a bucket mentality. So when you start talking about your dreams and aspirations or even getting a job, my man ain't going, well, you got this on your record. Well, they going to do this. And it's always some negative things coming that make it hard for you to just believe you can. Mm. So what made me different was believed I could. And I don't, nobody's going to put limitations on me because I have a feeling, even though these hurdles and things do exist indeed, but I don't have to believe in them to that degree. I just kept putting in applications, you know, praying on it. And I ran into true colors, you know, ultimately I ran into that opportunity. Yeah. Because it's like, listen, I can acknowledge the obstacle, but if this is a three feet obstacle, not 30 feet, like you're telling me, you know, right. <laughs> like, right. like, listen, and man, try to make 30 foot or bigger <laughs> than that. And I understand some people went through a lot in the community. They got a lot of, uh, 
what we call like self-perpetuated things that hold them back, a mentality mm-hmm. that's a victim. Well, I can't do this or, you know, respectfully, the, the white man is stopping us from doing this and that. Listen, it's 2022. The, these things exist, but there's opportunity mm-hmm. if you have the right mentality and outlook. I say if people focus on the obstacles, that's all you're going to run into. If you focus mm-hmm. on where the gaps, right, like the running back, they're not running into the blockers. The blockers are there, but they're right. looking for the <laughs> gaps. They're looking for the right. hole. <laughs> and if I find open field, I'm taking it to the house. <laughs> I'm taking it to, taking the, it house. to the house. For real. How did you handle the environment when you talk about the negativity? Because I know there's a lot of guys watching who, I mean, when I started with entrepreneurship or I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm never going to forget my mom and dad's reaction to, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, podcast you're just gonna sit there talking you can't do that but like you get that reaction and sometimes from the people you love the most who just shoot down your dreams how did you handle that environment when you're sitting there like all right Chaz, you're going after this you're building something you're successful you're gonna go through this but some of the people closest to you are are throwing negativity out once again it's like you got to self-sabotage yourself and affirm good things i think a lot of people are triggered to think negative about their own aspirations and goals. But I kind of had to reprogram myself. Anytime I hear somebody say I can't do something. And realistically, we know what we can obtain and what we can work hard to get towards. So I knew the things that they were telling me I couldn't do was possible. And I knew why they were telling me it wasn't possible because I knew the community I was in and the people I was talking to. So it took for me to be put myself around people who are accomplishing the things that I, I'm inspiring to accomplish. And that was just at that point, getting my credit fixed, getting a bank account, getting therapy, even accepting that I was suffering from post-traumatic, some type of PTSD from the streets. And it's so taboo in the community. It takes a lot of years to even agree and accept that you even have a problem because it's, it's just not, we don't look at it that way in the community. So yes, it, is, it takes a lot of knowing who you are as a person mm-hmm. and sticking to your guns. Like, you know, I knew that I didn't want to go back to federal prison because you get a lot of fake love. There are a lot of people say they're going to remember you, man, but they forgot about me. And I ain't tripping because I know life goes on and I made my bed. So I was ready to lay in it. But I took advantage of the opportunity because I read a lot of books about history. A lot of books about the law, law dictionary. I read Black's Law Dictionary. I just read, read, read. So it kind of gave me, it helped me get rid of those self-limiting beliefs by knowing my history and my nationality. And and coming in prison, I didn't know anything about Africa. All I knew was like the United States and we were slaves. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of negativity growing up as a young Black man or woman and wanting to see yourself in an empowering role and then realize there is no books to see myself in that or, you know, it's, it's just hard to grasp that. So yeah. it, it took for me to lean on, you know, I am enough. Mm-hmm. I can accomplish things regardless what they're saying. Stay away from them. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they ain't where they need to be at. <laughs> Let me go meet to the guy who is making his own company. The guy who is got a job because my mom and dad, a lot of my friends did say, you know, don't do that. Uh, you know, bro, they, you're a felon. They ain't going to hire you or this and that. It took for me to say, nah, you know, I could dig it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Then it's a lot of perspectives 
to this. It's a lot of one, one, one more than one way to skin a cat. So I just kept going and reprogrammed myself, man. I can. I affirmed mm-hmm. it. They say something that I can't do this. No, I can do that. And mm-hmm. then I would start to maneuver differently. So it's it's that having that success mentality and not playing the victim, most important. Yeah. And we have so many examples of quote unquote, the people that did make it. I know for me, when I was telling, I graduated school, I'm the youngest of four siblings. And I told my parents, I'm going to go on TV. And they're like, you're going to do what? (laughs) And I said, I'm going to go on TV. But for them, they have never had an example of that before. So it wasn't possible. Right. So because they don't have an example of the success, they only hit you with the failures. Oh, you know, so-and-so tried to get a job or, you know, so-and-so tried and it's like, stop telling me about the reality. You know, I'm about to show you what's possible. What's possible. <laughs> so then the, the script's going to flip and you're going to be telling the story. Well, Chaz was able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And that's what it's about. Ted. When I when I went into True Colors, it was unheard of for guys in our demographic. And to remain in that title of a gang member to even agree to stop gang violence. And a lot of people don't understand that mm-hmm. this is our community. Now you got a lot of people with a lot of good hearts that want to do something about it and indeed are trying to, but it's not their community. They don't understand us as people. They ain't even coming up in this community. So they throwing, they throwing rocks in the wind here, trying to figure out what to do with all this money from nonprofits and every other organization that, that has a mission. But it, I believe it takes for us to get up. You know, we're aware of the obstacles, but we got to find them gaps, like you said, and we got to sprint and we got to help each other sprint through to let people know that we can't keep having a victim mentality mm-hmm. and putting our problems on other people to fix. Yeah. They can help. They can help now because we need the money and the resources in the platform. But we got to speak up and say, no, this violence or whatever the case may be, we can't we can't have have it happening. So mm-hmm. yeah, it gets it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty deep, man. Yeah, I want to talk about the work in the community, man, because I, honestly, I, I could tell just kind of looking at the things you work on and things you do, this is is near and dear to your heart, right? What was the process like in terms of? I get the air from you of almost a sense of responsibility in the community. Right. And that's huge. And it's powerful because I wish so many more people and specifically talking to the men that listen to this podcast. I wish so many more of us took responsibility for our community in the very minimum. Imagine the men taking responsibility for the household. I'm not talking about, oh, you run everything. You're the No, 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 no. But take responsibility. Just like if I have a car, my dad is like, you better wash it. You better keep it gassed up. That thing's going to run if you're responsible. But we don't take that same extension of responsibility to our household or our community. So how did that come about for you? And what was that responsibility like when you actually put that on your shoulders and put the community on your back? Honestly, a lot of people might not understand that as far as for my gang, which is Bloods, there's a lot of Bloods, but I'm specifically from the nine trade Billy set. We were put together to uplift the community. You can talk to any mm-hmm. gang member that's a blood and he'll tell you there's a lot of positive things that guys just as men aren't living out in their lives. But it was already in me when I was out here in the streets ripping and running. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have two sides to it. Every human does. It's good. And we got aspirations of being good, but there's things 
externally that's pulling on us and it's up for you and your discipline as a person to not do certain things. So it was already it was already in me. And when True Colors came about and I saw that they were giving me the opportunity to be myself, because I know it's a lot of good members out here that's got jobs. People wouldn't even know because they don't they don't flaunt it. They went to school. They went to college. They're doing good. Ain't no need for us to try to do all the extra game and stuff with them. We understand he chose that route. Yeah. We chose this route, unfortunately. But it took for me to the responsibility came from me being blood, to be honest with you. That that was my my set was originated for protection, uplifting the community, teaching, believe in science, politics. People just don't get that with the media because. The kids is out here with the responsibility now and the older homies are in prison are dead. So a lot of them ain't banging the right way. So mm. ultimately, the violence is well deserved because it's out of order and men ain't taking responsibility of the communities and the homes in certain cases. So the responsibility came even more when True Colors gave me the platform to speak authentically on who we are as people, because a lot of we've been getting a lot of stuff said throughout the five years and it takes for you to have tough skin and say whoa don't let the movies and all this stuff fool you a lot of don't put african-americans under one umbrella it's a lot of us that likes different things and we different mm-hmm. don't just put us under umbrella and try to cap us out we can do many things so it took for me to say you know what knowing that i am a big homie in my set and i got a lot of little homies under me i know what pain come from living in street life and I know if I don't give them a positive role model, other kids are going to die. I know this. This is the realities we face in the community. Now, I can just forget about it and make my money and walk away. But I, my older brother was murdered two years ago. My little brother's doing life in prison. My little cousin's doing 12 years. I'm the only male of my family out here. So I'll be damned, you know, excuse my name, I'll be damned if I'm going to be out here just forgetting all the losses we took even if it was times i wanted to say hey my responsibility but then i look left to right and i see this i knew that kid that got killed the other day i could have said damn i knew him i could have easily you know went a little harder and he could have had a job with true color so it's stuff like that that maybe we can make a difference i know it's easy to say i'm just going to live a regular life but in this community, Wilmington, we have a very specific issue because of the Wilmington riots and the Wilmington coup, which the government was never put back to its current state still to this day. Mm-hmm. It's the only unique experience in the U.S. Other coups happened and the government was turned back to its current state. Ours was never returned to its current state. So you still got a lot of stuff happening. That's the root cause of a lot of this stuff. And um. You know, as long as I'm an African-American man, I feel like it's my responsibility because I didn't seen so much losses. I didn't seen the loss firsthand. I didn't been in it. I don't want that for my kids. And when I and when I went to prison, I ain't seen nothing but black men. I'm gonna be honest with you. I seen black guys everywhere and I took a deep breath and I realized how much was up. I was up against. I just reality just going in the United States courtroom, mm-hmm. seeing the United States of America. Inc. versus Chaz Springer, like, whoa, like I can't, this is happening on a massive scale here and I'm just a member and I didn't want to just be another member. So I knew, nah, I'm going to go out there 
I'm going to show them that we can make it. And now I'm at this point where I'm going to show them we can be entrepreneurs. We can speak up. We can take back the mic, control our narrative as people. And y'all can join forces with us and help us do it because it's a lot of good people. It's a human thing. And for the sake of the conversation, I speak as far as nationalities because of racism and stuff that I want to talk about and expose. But we're all human at the end of the day. And we all got that innate feeling to be better and really want to better our community. So it's my responsibility, Ted. I just I just with true colors and what I was before. I just felt like it. Man, and dude, you wear it well, and you're an inspiration in that role. And speaking of the community work, I asked earlier, you know, what would you tell young Chaz? And you said, you know, believe, believe in yourself. What are some of the things you tell the youth in your community today when, when you see them, whether it's out in the street or you're doing an event? What are some of the conversations you have with some of those adolescents and some of the young boys coming up who will be taking the mantle? One day, whether they mm-hmm. do it voluntarily or it's forced upon them, the mantle of the community is going to land on them. Yeah. And right now, as at an impressionable age, if you have that moment to get their attention in their ear, what are you giving them? What are you feeding them? What are you telling them? Well, through the, I'm always engaged in Ted with two different people because what we created in the culture is transparency. Now, a lot of people who are living in fear about the things that's happening in the community and fear. We, we can't live in fear. You know, we, we can't just live thinking that we can't do anything about it and not engage it because it's just overwhelming. We can't do that. So a lot of times they come to me in fear and I'm talking to whites and blacks. Mind you, I'm talking to community members that's thinking, well, you guys are working with George. He's, you know, a lot of the subtle racism things that they think is happening. And I have to tell the guys that, listen, we in a position now that we have to take control of our story. I'm in this building learning about credit. I'm learning about how to start businesses, investing. This is stuff you guys need to do because we know a lot of homies that died. It's easy to give up. I'm telling you, Ted, I see a lot of guys give up. A lot of guys lost their life last month and the month before that. So when they come to me, they already know, but it's just overwhelming to feel like sometimes you can escape the community or think differently because you just don't have nothing but negativity to get up every day. Some of these young guys is kind of shooting out for their life. They don't even want to be this person they're putting off. They are, but coming up in the community, the young guys are getting shot down so often it's overwhelming. So a lot of them got, I tell them, look what I'm doing, bro. You seen me before I changed. Don't tell me what's possible. Don't let nobody tell you it ain't possible because I started thinking differently and put myself in different situations and look at me. Now I got good credit. Now I'm on my way to getting a house. I just started my business. I got a couple of businesses going that because of me learning about investing and starting corporations and, you know, interest on the dollar and stuff. I learned so much in the five years that I wouldn't have had a clue about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when they come and tell me, I tell them that. And they always be like, bro, you just don't know, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. You're giving a lot of us hope when mm-hmm. we ain't seen none. And, and when I talk to other demographics, majority is we break it down. Like in the company, it was really this way. The beer drinkers are majority white. The social mission was engaging the African-American community. We wanted to bring them both together 
through sparking a conversation through some good light beer and mm-hmm. talking about the hard things like racism, school to prison pipeline, the disparities across the board. It ain't easy to talk about, but we were making it easy to talk about. So when I talk to some of the, the white friends and my white colleagues, I'm educating them because we all got some type of ignorance. And I know that every all white people ain't racist. It's just ridiculous to think that. So when I meet them, I say, listen, I know what you might have thought about me, but this is a platform for us to talk about the hard conversations. This is why we're doing what we're doing at True Colors to bridge the gap, to end the, the disparities, the racial disparities. There is no we entertaining it. That's why it exists. We as people need to become more educated and build more platforms to meet in the middle. And they understood the Disrupt You program, how we onboard a game, why this specific model. Once I talk to them and I educate them on why we doing it and why we're still gang, most importantly, because a lot of them say, well, how are you still a gang member? I say, well, do you know your history of bloods? You probably don't. Right. Mm-hmm. If you saw my the Bible or what we call the Inglewood, you would see a lot of positive attributes in there that's shaping molding guys to be leaders but we got a lot of devices going on and these guys are only but so old and when you put their leaders in prison or they get shot down it's kids running kids at this point Mm -hmm. so once i educate them on that they they generally understand it's a lot of people who want to understand but they let the media or sometimes movies or music whatever it may be shape their perspective of, of another nationality. I mean, it's all about the information and the education that we get. And we have that through sitting down at the dinner table and having that conversation. I remember a few years ago, it was after one of the tragic shootings and my friend and I were talking and there were a couple people and it, it was almost a joke, but I was also being honest because, you know, my one buddy, his girlfriend's white and he's like, what do we need? And I was like, I looked at him. I was like, we need more interracial relationships. And everybody yeah. laughed. But I was like, that that's a joke. Yeah. But, I, but I was like, but hold on. I said, your girlfriend's parents, how many brothers did they have at the dinner table before you? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not pushing any any one narrative or another, but the the point of that joke was the fact of the matter is, you know, I told my friend, I was like, you're probably the first black person to sit at their dinner table and talk to them and imagine the kind of change we could have in this world if more people of different backgrounds sat down, broke bread, shared a beverage, and just got a little perspective on other people's story a little bit more, you know? Because that's like you said, Ted, that's my whole five years breaking bread with people. And we literally ate together. We -hmm. did social events together. The more we did it, the more organizations got involved saying, you know what? We want to think differently about this issue. And you guys have a motto. We want to come learn and so forth. That happened. And we would have events eating together. We have community events giving out candy on Halloween. It's about diversity. Diversity, mm-hmm. I believe, wholeheartedly makes us strong. Too much of anything, in some cases, isn't good. Mm-hmm. So it's about us uh, coming together and, and really, you know, taking this problem by the horns, you know, and taking it down. Yeah. Too much sunshine can give you cancer and too much water can kill you. Those two things are necessary right. for life. So right. you, you, <laughs> you're 100% right, man. A couple last questions, you know, in terms of your life as it is right now, looking around. 
right? Because I mean, I mentioned this on an earlier podcast before about, I think it was about 27, 28, where I had to stop and look around and realize in life, because these past five years, you probably had your head down working, working, you know, and in the height of the grind, we forget how far we've come. Sometimes like we're grinding, we're working, we're working. We only pick our head up to see how much farther we need to go. And that could be daunting. So we just put our head back down and we keep working, but we rarely ever stop, look around, look at the view and how far we've come and what we've been able to build so far. And I remember I did that at age 27 or so, and there was a fire that was put under my butt because if I'm being honest with myself and with the listeners and you is I got to where I was at 26, 27, not accidentally, there was work that was involved. There was people telling me what to do. I listened, I was attentive, but I looked around and where I landed was next to somebody who worked their whole lives to get there. And I realized this is not a bad spot to be. I can only imagine where I can go in the next four or five years to come if I actually put some intentionality behind this. So looking around where you are now, what you've been able to build, you mentioned got good credit, fixing to get the house, got new business. Where do you gauge your progress and how does that make you feel in terms of the path ahead of you and the road you now have to walk? Well, to me, it's about ownership and entrepreneurship. The defining theme is the root cause of gun violence and these economic, well, these disparities are economic. Mm -hmm. We don't have money. We don't have you know, black teachers, we don't have black lawyers, we don't have enough people to teach and lead and, and be a positive role model. So this leads me now to realizing over the five years that you know what, Chaz, the real success is what you do outside of True Colors. So I see myself being an entrepreneur. I'm creating my business and I'm still doing public speaking to speak about what it means to reshape your culture and your HR and uh, how to code switch because we're at a situation now where a lot of companies don't have the manpower. They can't keep a good worker, mm -hmm. but there's a whole workforce that you're not even given an opportunity to because they made a mistake. And what I want to do is continue to speak on, hey, it's okay to give second chances and it's a way to do it. It's a way to, to speak to them. It's a way to develop content that speaks to them. If you truly want to help, it's a way to develop your work culture to be more inviting for these people, because even though you want them to come in there and have their pants pulled up and all these stereotypical things that isn't even close to us as people, it's just, <laughs> uh, just a, a percent. They got to understand that if you want to give opportunity, you have to really put the work in. So I'm putting myself in position to bridge the gap for them. Mm -hmm. I want to have financial freedom. I want to be an entrepreneur to keep speaking keep helping um, create programs at prisons for guys that's coming home to develop this mentality, to keep doing the work, Ted. I got, I got, mm -hmm. you know, even though the company's over, I learned so much as being a businessman about speaking and, and, and getting investments, even with nonprofits, man, I got a lot of work to do. I see a lot of things happening, but my two main focuses is, is getting my, I have a um, plan for a trucking company. I got box trucks and I got uh, 18 wheelers. Give guys jobs. I'm, in, I'm making some way with giving uh, guys opportunity to drive for the box truck, making some money. And I also have a consulting, public speaking and marketing agency called a Cherry Tree uh, model 
that I created that I'm going to work with nonprofits here in Wilmington and beyond uh, soon because I'm I'm just trying to take every day, you know, to my advantage and really create this work, man, because I just we just stop operations, man. So I ain't trying to stop. Yeah, I ain't trying to stop going. <laughs> that's just a chapter ending. Yeah. We this yeah, book is still going. <laughs> it's still going. It ain't gonna stop. That. It ain't gonna stop. That. They yeah. would like to think. I know they want me to. I know they want me to give up, and you get a lot of negativity. But oh, there's you know, I like that because I welcome the doubters. You know, I take that energy mm-hmm. and I change it to something positive. And um, that's what I want guys to realize too. You you take all the negativity, you transform it, man. We already come from the bottom. Yeah, literally, about we have nowhere to go but up. So um, I'm I'm looking to keep spreading my wings and and keep speaking about the things me and you spoke about. Mm-hmm. Speaking to organizations or groups of people that want to change but maybe living in some type of fear or stereotypical idea of gangs or African Americans. And I'm gonna show you that we all human. Yeah, let's just bridge this gap and have some intentional things behind it. And put the work in and i see a lot of opportunities being made in this area alone absolutely man i would love for for anybody out there maybe they're listening and they're like oh man i, I got the perfect perfect thing for chaz in, in that mission or maybe they're man like oh, i'm gonna be in wilmington i think i can help or maybe they have a stage for you to stand on and speak how can folks get in contact with you? How can folks follow you on social, things like that? Because I would love for some of our listeners and our watchers to be able to follow your story and get some of the impact of, of the things you're working on, man. Well, I'm a Chaz uh, Springer L on um, LinkedIn. Um, I'm Spreewell, and that's with a five P-R-E-E-W-E-L-L on Instagram. And they can also email me at Chaz Springer at Gmail or the cherry tree foundation at gmail.com. Excellent. And I'll have those links and emails and everything in the show notes, man. And and last question, it's, it's a pretty overarching question. You can answer it however you like. I ask this at the end of every episode is what's something that's happened in your life or something you've seen in your life that's changed your perspective of the world as a man. Hmm. It's, it's a heavy one. <laughs> Change my perspective. Be honest with you, Tim. Seeing, I seen death. I seen death coming up in the community in that lifestyle. I seen young black men, funerals. That changed me because I realized that maybe we didn't have much value, or maybe I was thinking that there wasn't that much value on our life. But then it transformed me to realize there was too much value on our lives. And that changed me forever because I realized how much I had to really do better and do more. Um, and that's probably the most traumatic thing I've, you know, just been through as a, as coming up in the community. Just the death is, they like to make it seem so normal, but mm. it's far from normal. And, and as much as they push to make it normal, I got to push to make it a pandemic. Yeah. Because it's far from normal. So I think as a man, you know, just coming up in the community and seeing the realities changed me. Yeah. Man, that was so powerful too about, you talk about the value and just to make sure I understand it correctly, uh, where you say, you know, we had so little value on life, but the thing is kind of hindsight, you're saying too much value. Is that like maybe an ego thing or like kind of like we're well, just putting too much weight on it? 
it was it was more so a time frame from when I was living that life and seeing and thought that we didn't have any value. Mm-hmm. But knowing now, whoa, we, we don't even have a limit on our value and we were limiting ourselves to not caring about life, you know, not mm-hmm. caring, taking drugs and whatever the matter may be. This is what we really think in the community. We don't see it. We don't mm-hmm. we don't didn't even leave out of town yet at 15. We don't even know what a hundred grand looks like. We didn't even go to Carowinds at certain points in your life. So yeah. there's just no value. And these kids don't see value in themselves. So mm-hmm. it's time for them to start seeing value in themselves. Absolutely, because there is so much untapped potential in the youth. We're talking about the, the future engineers, the future astronauts, yes. the future inventors of everything that we're going to be enjoying that's going to move the needle forward in life. It's all in the minds of our youth. <laughs> we, got to, man, we got to unlock that potential. There's so much potential being, you know, cut short, man. And like man. you said, it's, it's an unmeasurable amount. Yeah, man. Chaz, yeah. this has been powerful. You know, for context, I, I usually aim for about 30 minutes in an episode and we've gone farther than that. All out of voluntary effort, man. And this has been nothing short of amazing. So I appreciate you sharing your story, sharing your insight. But more importantly, I, I appreciate your mission and what you're doing in your community because you are uniquely qualified to connect to these kids and you are uniquely qualified to connect to the community that you have the responsibility over. And I can only hope and pray and wish that we have more men like you that take up that mantle in our inner cities, in Wilmington, in Memphis, in California, in New York, in Miami, all over the country. We need more men like you stepping up, taking responsibility, bridging that gap and facilitating these conversations. So Man, last words I have for you, bro, is keep going. <laughs> keep going, I'm man. Keep going, bro. I'm gonna keep going, bro. I, and I appreciate you for letting me on here. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna keep going, man. I gotta keep finding some some podcasts and some stages mm-hmm. and, and just keep speaking. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on this one. And I'll be kind of opening up my, my Rolodex and whatnot to see in which other ones you could be a guest on as well. And, and before we wrap up, I'm just going to kind of recap some of the gems along the way, because I know a lot of people are either cleaning or doing stuff while listening to the podcast or watching it. But something you said early on was, you know, finding where I belong. A lot of us growing up, we, we go through that process of looking for and trying to identify the, the areas in which we belong in. And I think what we kind of connected on and related on when I was a kid, it was so hard finding success that looked like me. It was so hard finding those blue collar jobs or some of those things that looked like me. And, and I identified mostly with the rappers and the athletes I saw on TV. And when that wasn't the main avenue for my success, I wasn't athletically inclined early on in life. I wasn't going to be very talented in terms of music. I wasn't the freestyler out of my group. So I was almost kind of lost in transition for a little while before I found in, found my niche of what I was good at. So where I belong, it's so important for us to help facilitate that journey for our youth and our, our adolescents. And then finding like-minded people. And also people who understand me, the importance of bridging that gap and having that community and Ignorance is okay, but the continuance of it is voluntary. If you continue to stay ignorant, that is your choice. That is your decision. But there is so much information out there and there are so many communities we can tap ourselves into in order 
to learn more about each other and then believe in yourself. You talked about untapped potential. If you would have told me the things that I'd be able to accomplish in my life right now, I'd look around and be like, you're lying. I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. But the reality is I never saw Ted as a homeowner. I bought a house a while back. I never saw Ted as a professional. I wear a suit to work every day. That doesn't mean I'm doing anything crazy or or better than anybody else. But these are these are things as a young age that I kind of checked the box off as success. And I never imagined until now I look around and I'm able to do that. And then well, success is a mentality in which we need to work on. And we know what we're capable of. When you said that, man, that hit, like we know what's realistic in our world. We know what we're capable of. And we need to be careful of the people around us who spit negativity and limiting beliefs on us. And I was unheard of. I love that you said that. A lot of times limiting beliefs of those around us are based on something that they've seen in their lives. And because there's no example of it, we are discredited for our ability to do it. But just like you said, you arrived at True Colors, you were unheard of. You and you're unheard of. And that's what I think we all should strive to be. Be unheard of. Be that friend that accomplished something crazy. Be that friend that your friend and your siblings and your family members talk about. It's like, I know such and such who did this. Be that example. Be that person. I know you can do it. And find that positive role model, whether it be Chaz, whether it be myself or the countless people on this podcast and online that you can emulate and follow and put good into the world. Chaz, man, this has been a pleasure to the audience and the watchers making it to the end. Thank you so much. I know you got value from this, which is why I'm going to ask you to share this with somebody. Hit that subscribe button so you can get a new episode each and every single week. And of course, share this with a friend and leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing because we love to hear your feedback. With that being said, man, wrapping us up, we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.